if we can share the stuff that we don't want to share, the the stuff that makes us human but also makes us ashamed, then we realize that we actually have more in common than not. We have heard from Jody twice before on Empowered Women series, and we are going to hear from her for the third time. By now, we know that she has had a very diverse and very fulfilling career. She has been a TV host. She has been a radio person. She has been an author and a rolfer. And she has had a very successful and accomplished career at the same time, diverse and fulfilling. When we think about imposter syndrome, we don't think about women like Jodi. We never think that someone like Jodi with that kind of career have, must have ever had imposter syndrome. And yet, let's go and ask her about it. Let's go and ask her if she ever had imposter syndrome or didn't. And if she did, what did she do about it? So let's start. I absolutely love the way you think. So if, if we can share the, the stuff that we don't want to share, the, the, the stuff that makes us human, but also makes us ashamed, then we realize that we actually have more in common than not. And it's when, once we realize that, it's very difficult to stay angry at people when you know that you share the same stuff, you know? You have the same joys and hopes and, and dreams, and you also have the same fears and, and inadequacy, you know, the imposter syndrome. There's part of all of us that thinks, boy, if they only knew, if they only knew what a crumb I am, you know? And that's, I think that's in everybody. So, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but it can be overwhelming sometimes. There's also the wonderful part of you. If they only knew that my, my heart longs to sing out loud every day. I wonder if theirs does too, you know? Don't you wonder that? You know what? Absolutely. It feels like, how can someone like Jody say would have imposter syndrome? Did you or did you not? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, given that um, let's say, for example, when I worked in rock and roll radio, I was never trained. I mean, never went to school to learn how to do any of the stuff that I wound up doing, but I wound up doing it well. And so there's, there's always part of me thought, whoa. I mean, these people at KZW were absolutely brilliant, brilliant, beyond words, brilliant. And um, there were a lot of times that I wondered, do I really deserve to be working here? You know, I guess I did because I went every day and they still gave me a paycheck. So. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you like, did you intentionally overcome it or it just, this just the time cured it or the paycheck cured it? You know, I love that place and those people so much. I would have worked for free. You know, I did. I love them so much. But you know, here's the thing. I was I was 28 years old. Have you ever heard of a thing called Saturn return? No. It happens in the eight, nine, ten uh, years of each decade. That's when tremendous change happens in your life. Yeah. It feels like a lot of times is that that God rakes you into a shoebox and kind of shakes it up and dumps it out on the freeway. 
and you kind of roll around and then you wind up in a whole new place. Well, when I got rolfed, I was working in rock and roll radio and I was 28 years old and I was at a place in my life where I wanted it to matter that I lived here. And when I decided to leave radio and go do this weird thing that most people had never heard of called rolfing, there was kind of an uproar in the station because I was one of the dinosaurs. And especially my friend Wally, he was like, oh, you don't want to do that. And I thought, well, maybe they're right, you know, but I walked back to my little cubicle and there was a magazine on my desk. I'd never seen one like it. I've not seen one like it since. I picked it up and I was just flipping through it. And I just tossed it onto my desk. It flopped open like that. And right down here, there was a saying that said, if you do not risk changing when the time is right, you will probably be forced to change when you're least prepared for it. So I cut that out. I had a friend who worked downstairs in Channel 8 who did calligraphy. And I asked him to do that in calligraphy for me, and he did, and it's been in my office ever since. You have it around you right now? I'd love to no, I had to go dig it out of something. But anyway. <laughs> I want to ask you, what is the most memorable experience or a story from your beloved radio station? The thing is about radio is no radio station is going to stay on the air if they're not making money. Okay. And in order for that to happen, everybody has to be doing their jobs really well all the time. And we did. And it was, uh, it was a great station. Really. I can hear it in your Every time you talk about Kesu, you mm -hmm. you have that love and affection, not just for the radio station, but for your team and for your listeners. Yeah, um, well, we, we loved our listeners and our listeners loved us right back. You know, it was a really mutual admiration society. And that was, that was Ira Lipson, who, that was his baby. And that's how he did it. And his... His mantra was always, you take care of the community, the community will take care of you. And that's absolutely the truth in broadcasting. The people have to know that you care about them and they will absolutely come through for you. We did a Goodwill concert at the Cotton Bowl, which is a big place. And, and, and Ira was kind of a master at getting bands in um, for free to play and it's usually bands where they've got a new album coming out they're tickled pink to come to Dallas and play you know for free and people buy their album and all that kind of stuff so the thing about promotion is you just have to figure out a way for everybody to get a goodie okay and and for everybody to come away feeling like this has been a great day and so the admission was a a usable bag or a bag of usable items for goodwill. And these were our, our primary listeners were 18 to 24. So young adults. And, you know, they, they did, I mean, it was like something like, I want to say 140 tons, but that's probably too much, but it was a tremendous amount of stuff they brought for goodwill. One kid rode up on his bicycle and gave the bike. And one guy forgot you're supposed to bring a bag of usable items and he took off his shoes. He said they hurt his feet anyway, you know? So, I mean, it was just a great day in the sunshine and the cotton bowl in Dallas and 
We had great music and yeah, it was all good. And, and the lady from Goodwill was, she was practically turning handsprings up and down in front of the cotton bowl. She was so happy. They never got that kind of stuff, you know, the little dribby drabs from various people, but this was a big trucks and trucks and trucks full of stuff for Goodwill. They were very happy. I love that. <laughs> uh, I would love to talk to you again. And uh... I'm on board. I'm on board, really, I am. Thank you so much, Jody. And thank you so much. It was a great talk. I didn't even say a bad word. <laughs> <laughs>